All right. RTD Live Talk. <laughs> Giving it another go. And so we will uh, have a little back and forth and uh, go from there. I'm excited to have a returning guest, uh, Mr. Alan Myers. And so before I bring him on, let me make sure everything is looking good on my end. And then we can get into today's topic. It's going to be a good one. So let me make sure everybody uh, copy here. So it's unfortunate that I had a little issue, but we should be good to go. So the shows that we're live. <laughs> All right. So let me get right into the nuts and bolts of everything. And so we got a couple of people watching us. So welcome to back to the show, Mr. Alan Myers, a CPA forensic accountant. And uh, it's great to have you back. And so we had a talk. I think it was about two weeks ago, give or take, and that interview was well received. And so you laid out a couple um, very foundational points on the creation of reserves and money and whatnot. So today I want to definitely dive into that and uh, get some more of your thoughts and as well as point people back to the source of the, of the information you put together. So Alan Myers, welcome back to RTD Live Talk. I'm happy to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. I look forward to our chat today. Definitely, definitely. So that being the case, welcome. So I want to uh, basically we got a couple people tuning in, but yet we're going to plug right along. And because of the hiccups, hopefully people catch the replay. But um, I want to actually put up on the screen here. Um, I want to go back. And so you over the last since we spoke, we spoke, uh, I think it was about three years ago, two years ago. I'm not sure. And since that two years time, ago, two years ago. OK, so since that time frame, you've been very active. You've been a highly sought after uh, commentator, educator, because your passion has become just giving people the foundations on the creation of currency and the, the banking spec sector and how it all works from a, a bookkeeping aspect. And so on the screen right now, I have uh, your website. I'll actually share this in a chat for those that are watching now can go to later on or those who might catch us later on. They'll have a chance to go to it, but it's fedad.us. And so here I got up on the screen now. And so you put together um, some modules in uh, PDF form. And so we're going to thumb through module one today and give you a chance to share your research and your thoughts. And as well, if there's any commentators or anybody want to add some thoughts or whatnot, or ask questions, you can also do in the chat or give us a call, 313-462-0027. So I got it up on the screen right now. Give us a little bit of an idea as to what made you create and put all your research into a PDF file that's right above my head now. I've been st at this study for about nine years, but when I wrote this several years ago, I'd been putting different areas together in writing because this is the way I best process and this is the way I think. Mm -hmm. And it finally occurred to me the very, <clears throat> excuse me, what I call the bare bones basics. Yeah of monetary system education is not in our general knowledge. Mm -hmm. This is not complicated. My phrase for it is this is ABC, not Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. This is one, two, three, not calculus. And I kept reading some people and I, and I thought they're saying it wrong. Mm -hmm. Not because it's my theory. It's because I've looked at source documents in monetary system education to learn about it then I read commentators and I'm thinking you're using the wrong the words improperly you're using the words in a misleading way and I don't assume bad intent mm -hmm. it's just not correct and I thought the for me the best way to 
get this information out would be to take somebody step by step through everything I I eventually learned and uh, and I'm still learning. I'm mm-hmm. always looking for more facts. And that's what I that's what I hunt. I hunt facts. Mm-hmm. Not theories, not beliefs, not wishes and wants, facts. Mm-hmm. So for me, the and I call them modules for no other reason than they're just one page long. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to call them chapters. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, first 15 modules in FedEd, each one is one page long. It's one topic. Each of them opens with a quote. The first one, the origin and development of money. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a good place to start if we're going to talk about money. The what I'd like to do is read this quote. This is at the top of Fed Ed Module 1. This re- really sets to me why this topic is so important. Mm-hmm. It, money, is the most important subject intellectual persons can investigate and reflect upon. Think about that statement. Yeah. It is so important that our present civilization may collapse unless it is widely understood and its defects remedied very soon. This is a quote from Robert H. Hemphill, who was a credit manager of the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, 1936. Mm-hmm. The conditions in which he speaks about <clears throat> are just as present today as it was in the Great Depression. It just hasn't hit the fan yet. Yeah. But think about it. The most important subject intellectual persons can investigate. This is the most important subject for everyone for me and from my position because everyone and everything in our country is connected to through or by with the monetary system mm. it's our number one issue it's our number one problem yeah let's get it let's get into module one then how's right, that one second sure this way yeah right there okay and so actually before, okay before we get into module one I want to go back yes. to the top. And so I got the book cover up here. And so okay. um, for those that are just joining us, I have Alan Myers, a forensic accountant, CPA. And so you've done a lot of deep diving into it and put together some great work here. And I've read it and definitely it makes you think. And so I, I like the fact that you, you're going to cause people to think with this. And so it's available for free and at the website. I put it in the chat. So the very cover of the book, I got it up on the, page, on the screen right now. And it's a cartoon rendition of... Uh, looks like an older gentleman with a top hat, a debtor's prison. <laughs> you, you see, I see some things here. So give us yes. a rundown on, on the artist that created this for you and what you, what your thoughts was. Give, go through the pieces a little bit for us. Sure. The This is, in essence, a political cartoon. The If you notice, the person walking has a little badge, a button, B-O-G. Mm-hmm. That's the initials for... Board of Governors. Mm-hmm. So this person is the embodiment of the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System. He is. Notice he does say, I'm here to help, which is actually meant to be a funny. He is using the flag and its stick as a walking cane. Mm-hmm. So he's using it disrespectfully. He has stabbed the Declaration of Independence with it, and he's walking on the Constitution. Mm-hmm. He's at the crossroads between Main Street and Wall Street. And he says, I'm here to help. At the end of the leash is actually 
a Hydra. And I chose the Hydra because President Andrew Jackson, seventh president of the United States, who went toe-to-toe with Nicholas Biddle, owner and controller of the second U.S. bank. He referred, Andrew Jackson referred to the second U.S. bank, a central bank, as the as a hydra-headed monster eating the flesh of, co- of the common man. The idea is with a hydra, as you can see, multiple necks, multiple heads. Mm-hmm. If you cut off, the mythology of the hydra is if you cut off one head, two grow back. Mm-hmm. To me, the idea is th- as serious as any one of those heads are, in essence, they're metaphors for problems. If you cut, if you deal with one problem, you may wind up with two more. If you're going to take care of the hydra, you have to go after the thing it only has one of, mm-hmm. its heart. And the heart of this hydra is the monetary system. Obviously, the hydra is all on top of debtor's prison. The sole prisoner in that, of course, is Uncle Sam. The address or the number on the door, 1913, that's for the year the Federal Reserve Act, 1913 was signed into law. There's a lock on that door. You can see where the keys are. Mm-hmm. And on that, as, as you can see, the, the, the support for Wall Street and Main Street has crumbled away. Mm-hmm. And I titled it the financial cliff. And debtor's prison is about to go over it. This to me is a representation of where we are as a country, especially when it comes to national debt. It comes, it it really represents who's in control. It's not the people. And if we don't deal with the Hydra by taking out its heart, dealing with all the serious problems, and they are serious. We have many in this country, and I don't dismiss or minimize any of them but if we're going to fix the overall problem we have to take the hydra's heart that is we have to take back control we the people of the monetary system of this country and take it away from the hands of bankers that's the artwork and so the title the master of our debt all right so set a little foundation as we roll through so let's get to module one and so there's some information there before you give an explanation of the book cover in the very first part. And so going to module one in the PDF here. So module one, what really is money? Lay a foundation for us and, and, and build upon it and give us a rundown. Okay. What is money? Uh, we all have an idea. We, you know, we know it. We use it every day. It's usually cash or coin or a check or a credit card. However, the real concept of money is that, and this is an age-old debate, there's a lot of people who really believe in commodity-type money, metals. But what, to me, what's more important is not what money is in a society, because in other modules we'll get to all the things, or many of the things that have been money over all these centuries. Mm-hmm. Money has one specific function. It facilitates an indirect transaction. It makes it happen. That is its main function. What it is doesn't matter as long as the people doing the trade are happy. Now, for the sake of the audience, can you define yes. indirect transaction? Give us some examples. Certainly. Give us, you know, to go down to the groundwork with that. Okay. Back in, and this is what caused the creation of money. 
everything used to be direct barter apples for oranges eggs for tomatoes whatever you had something I want and if you were gonna sell it to me I had to have something you wanted mm -hmm. this is direct barter transactions well what people found out is this is really inefficient it's time-consuming and always being able to find somebody who had what you wanted that wanted what you had <laughs> this is not easy <laughs> and it used and it and it would make trading over greater and greater distances more difficult because you would have this risk of never finding what you wanted or finding anybody who wanted what you had yeah. people and this to me is the absolute key people not banks not governments people created developed and matured the concept of money basically the indirect transaction facilitator mm -hmm. for example you own a gas station I need gas I go up to your station and and granted this is going to be without the use of the credit card and I want to buy some gas you're not going to ask me for chickens or tomatoes or what you're going to take money mm -hmm. and the reason you'll take money whatever money is in our society is because you can use that as a seller as the seller of gasoline mm -hmm. turn around and become a buyer of some food this is money facilitates the indirect transaction we're not trading one good or service for another good or service Fair enough. and and this was developed by people so it's very very important that we keep in mind who created who developed who matured the concept of money hmm. our ancestors did which means to me the the whole system of money belongs to the people not to governments not to banks right. and by using money people were able to trade over greater and greater distances and as they did different forms of money became more universally or generally accepted mm -hmm. which which meant okay I'm in one country or one area and I'm gonna travel days or weeks to another area and because we all know that something is or things are being accepted as money I have a good chance of being able to trade mm -hmm. and get what I want and take it back to my hometown my village my community because we had these universal or generally accepted items of barter mediums of exchange yeah. and the people not banks not governments controlled the supply and there was little or no inflation involved ultimately the the power to control to create money needs to be returned to the people that's the, really the upshot of module one right so i have you have a, you have a concluding saying that is to say money is just a transaction facilitator so that's two it people something in the middle to go back and forth to exchange service good time or whatever is the core principles core foundations of what the word money means so good stuff there so as always for you know for those that might be just be tuning in speaking with alan myers a forensic accountant and so a deep researcher and student of monetary history and definitely put together a great pdf file that i want to bring to you guys so it gives you a different perspective outside of other guests that i've had on subject of money and uh, his thoughts and research so 
definitely look enjoying it thus far. So let's keep it moving. So the origin and development of money. I got that up on the screen right now. Uh, that that's module one. Yeah. And we've covered that. Do you want to go to want you want to go to module two? Yeah, let's take it. Go ahead. Let's go to takeaway. Okay. Module two is what I call the historical characteristics of money. Now people confuse characteristics or attributes of money mm -hmm. with what money does. And as I said, money uh, facilitates this is live TV. My cat just walked past me. Sorry. It's all good. You're good. <laughs> money facilitates the indirect transaction. What makes money something in a society or a culture will depend on various characteristics and what is valued at that time in that place by those people. Yeah. But if it gets the job done, it's money. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a list. I have a list of 12 what I call historical characteristics of money. Most of these I found in my research. A few of them I added myself as I studied more and thought about it. Mm -hmm. And we can go through them briefly. Yeah, before before we get to them, I like the quote uh, at the very top of the page. Oh, uh, sure. From Harry Ford this there. Is, <laughs> this, again, each mo thank you for that. Yeah. Each module has a quote, mm -hmm. and I believe the quote basically applies to the topic that is being discussed. Yeah. The quote is money is worth what it what it will help you to produce or buy and no more. Mm -hmm. Henry Ford, my life and work. Now there's a guy who knew how to make a few coins. Yeah, he did. <laughs> and he's he's telling you that money is really worth what you can what it will help you to produce or buy. Mm -hmm. Basically to the topic that we're talking about. If you can get what you need, it's money. If it can help you make what you want to sell, it's money. Yeah. What it is, is not that important. And just to interject, I think that that very concept there was you know, over 100 years ago. And so since then, money has become a much more centerpiece of our lives because our, you know, a lot of people base their everyday action and activity upon acquiring it. And because of monetary policy and things we're going to get into, you can really never have enough. Like, you know, you'll never be able to have enough to meet your daily needs from the employment standpoint. Nevertheless, be able to park it to the side and have it grow without some type of issue or some kind. So it is, as you mentioned, we started off to one of the most important subjects of our lives because it's misunderstood. And yeah, coming, there's a lot of problems around it. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. Thank you. For me, I'll, I'll, I'll restate it. Money... Uh, and all its variations and, and the whole topic mm -hmm. is the number one problem, is mm -hmm. the number one topic, mm -hmm. because everybody is affected by it. Yeah. And, and to your point about not having enough, we will get into that, mm -hmm. because our very monetary system that we suffer under right now creates inflation and inflation is loss of purchasing power herein lies the problem but we'll get to that in the future modules okay. now we're into the characteristics of money characteristics or attributes the first one is transportable which means if you couldn't take your money to market mm -hmm. it's going to be hard to use it so yeah. that isn't going to happen yeah. dividable meaning you the more pieces you can divide it into the better mm -hmm. and one time i gave a presentation on three items that could be money 
an egg, a tomato, or an orange. Mm -hmm. Well, when it comes to dividable, mm -hmm. nature decided the orange was the best one. <laughs> it, it comes naturally. You're naturally able to divide that. Yeah. Non-perishable. Once again, thinking about not, okay, I'm just going down to the store. I'm traveling days or weeks. Well, if if your money goes rotten on the way to the trade fair, you're not. It's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> Wanted and scarce. If nobody wants it, it's not going to be good money. Mm -hmm. The more scarce it is, the more likely it's going to be wanted. Interchangeable is one that I add added. If I owe you a quarter, do you care what quarter I give you? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Just right. give me a quarter. Yeah. Unit of account, store of value. These are often talked about. Unit of account is that whatever you're trying to buy is denominated or priced in the monetary unit you have. Mm -hmm. For us, it's dollars and cents. Mm -hmm. Store of value. This is very important. This is where inflation comes in. If if we and we do, we suffer under inflation. If you have inflation, that means your monetary unit, your item of barter, is continually losing purchasing power. Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. In 1914, when the Federal Reserve Bank of New York went operational, one 1914 dollar had the purchasing power of a hundred 1914 pennies. Now, when I'm giving a presentation, this is when I drop the bag of 100 pennies on the floor. Makes a pretty good sound. Yeah. Today's dollar has the purchasing power of three 1914 pennies. Mm -hmm. This is where the baggie kind of floats to the ground. Yeah. Things don't cost more today because they're so much more valuable. It's because our dollar has such little purchasing power compared to 1914. So that's store value. Mm -hmm. Not consumed, meaning... You can have a monetary, you can have a, a, a piece of money that isn't consumable. Mm -hmm. um, the other, and, and ease of use and physical counterpart. This is my take on cryptos. Mm -hmm. If you, uh, and SEAL Team said this extremely well, two is one, one is none. Mm -hmm. If you only have one choice, you have no options. No options is not a good thing. Yeah. Well, if all your money, whether it's a regular money or cryptos, is all electronic, mm -hmm. to access your monetary wealth, you need a computer, you need a computer access, you need internet, and you need electricity. You need it, whoever you're trading with needs it, and you need it in between. Any one of those things goes out anywhere along that line you don't have access to your money. Mm. Also, if somebody, if it all becomes so centralized and all money is electronic digits in somebody's computer that you don't know where it is mm -hmm. and your access can be shut down anytime, you have no direct control of your monetary wealth. Right. It also means that you can never store it. Now, as you're speaking, uh, we have a call. And so there's a live recording portion. Let's see if we can get a call and find out. Okay. Uh, Hello, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yes, it's Low Blood Pressure, Corpus Christi, Texas. How you doing today, Mike? I'm doing good, Low Blood Pressure. How you doing, my friend? What's what's a, what's in your good, mind, good, or what's good. your thoughts for Mr. Nye? I want to run an idea uh, the, by this gentleman. He's a very knowledgeable. I just want to see what he thought about my idea. Is that all right? Yeah, go ahead. Run it by him. 
Uh, okay, okay, check it out. You, we use Right now we use paper money as specie, you know, exchanging paper and things like that. What if gold and silver coins become like the hundred and the thousand dollar bills and then the bank issues notes, paper, as the cent? Like, say you go to the store and, and you buy something big like a car, you use gold and whatever else, they use like the paper money is going to be like cents. You know what I mean? Do you yeah. think something like that's possible? Great question, low blood pressure. I'll have my answer for you all there. Thanks for calling, my friend. Okay, thank you. Did he say his name is Blood Pressure? No, so low blood pressure. Oh. He's a regular oh, low, of the RTD community, okay. so he always asks some great questions. Well, thank you, caller, for calling in. What? Please stay tuned as we go through all these modules over the next few weeks or whatever. The and I and I get the question, but before we get to the topic of what is money. We need to deal with how money is created, how it's extinguished. This is what people don't ever talk about, that money actually goes out of existence. Mm -hmm. and who, who has the power to do it? Who gets the benefit? And who pays the price? Under the current system, because banks are the sole creators of money and sole extinguishers of money, we the people pay the price. Mm -hmm. And the prices that we're paying is we have a system, again, which we can eventually get to. We have inflation, federal income taxation, and national debt. Mm -hmm. To me, before we get into what we, the people, are going to choose as our form of money or forms of money, we need to understand the process of creation mm -hmm. and how it's done, who gets the benefit. We can, you know, save this question and we can deal with it on another call. The because dealing with the what we're going to use as money doesn't deal with the creation aspect of it and the power and who holds it and who pays the price. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And so definitely okay. stay tuned. More to come. And before I move further, I want to acknowledge a super chat or a contribution to the channel by Justin March. I appreciate that one dollar, my friend. Thank you. And so uh, back to the screen. And so I like how you you hinted at. And so later on tonight, I'm going to have a fellow Detroiter who's also uh, very knowledgeable in the crypto space. And so we're going to touch on that because over the last couple of weeks, months, I've been just trying to pose questions to get people to think about the options that have been presented to us. Gold, silver, paper, digits, whatever. And cryptocurrency is one of the things where I'm like, there's a lot of questions that still need to be answered. And I think you're hitting on, hitting on some of them now because you mentioned power, electricity, Internet and all that other stuff in between. And so according to this principle or attribute you've listed here, ease of use and has a physical counterpart. And so touch on the counterpart, the physical aspect, because we're being steered into a digital direction only. They're trying to remove the physical counterpart. And you're saying that that can be a real risk. It's it will think about this. It, the Scandinavian countries, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, especially Sweden, they are running away from physical money. Mm -hmm. In Sweden, it's it's almost not there anymore. They, they just can't get to fully electronic money fast enough, apparently. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but think about this. Forget the fact that the electricity could, you know, the grid goes down. You have no access. Mm -hmm. uh, but think about in a country, in China, it comes to mind, where, and they have the social credit score. 
you said something that someone doesn't like. Oh, Michael, you're not a good person. I think we're going to have to shut your access down to your monetary wealth and all your monetary wealth is in the bank. Hit the button, you can't get it because mm -hmm. you could never store your money in your sock drawer or in your shoe or whatever because there's no physical counterpart. This is this to me is just absolute weakness and makes people totally dependent on the system working. Mm. Well, since when is being totally dependent good? Mm. It's not. Right. Unless you're maybe, you know, like a baby. Okay. That we accept. <laughs> and then ease of use. The ease of use to me, uh, using cryptos has different lengths of time to be able to make the transaction mm -hmm. but if let's say you're dealing with bitcoin mm -hmm. well to get access the private key or to access the the, the cryptos with your private key your private key is 60 alpha numeric characters long you're not going to remember this one mm -hmm. so you have to have access to it some way mm -hmm. you know and if you lose it you lose access to those cryptos forever. This to me, okay, I I want to go buy a soda. I get my wallet, pull out a dollar, we're good. That's ease of use. Yeah. Ease of use in, in physical means, ease of use in time to complete a transaction. If it takes you 10 minutes to complete a Bitcoin transaction, you think you're going to use Bitcoin at the grocery store? <laughs> No, it isn't going to happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> but th the thing is, is that, and this is, again, I, I, I look to what is the what is the current condition? Do we have problems? If we have problems, does your solution that you're offering even acknowledge that these problems exist? And then finally, how do they address the problems? Our monetary system, if you look at it closely, which we eventually will. Mm -hmm screams three problems inflation federal taxation and national debt hmm. if someone's solution to our current system doesn't even acknowledge these problems how can you how can you consider yourself to be a solution if you don't address the problems and show how your solution will eliminate these problems or hmm. deal with these problems you're not a solution yeah now, you you, you can't successfully just turn your back on the problems and think you're going to go away because your problems, mm -hmm. they're that hydra. Right. <laughs> now, now as you're, as you're giving an explanation here, I'm, I'm just looking at the chat. And so the majority of the crowd, majority of the audience are precious metals sprinkled in with some, with some cryptocurrency blockchain enthusiasts. But yet it's, 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 it's growing on both sides. And so there's a couple people commenting just about how – the crypto aspect, Bitcoin or whatever, it's still in its infancy phase. So a lot of the problems that you've addressed are things that are being worked out, ironed out, or have been solved in other projects or coins or whatnot. And so even with that little rebuttal type of situation, uh, is, your, is your stance still the fact that there is no physicality behind a coin, which limits your access and limits its true function of money? And so that's kind of like where you're standing with this. Because the technology will improve, but because you can't hold it physically, is that one of the primary? 
issues. No matter what, how technology improves with the cryptocurrencies, it's always going to be electronic, mm -hmm. which means you are always going to be dependent on the things we already talked about, which means you're always going to be dependent because there's no physical counterpart and they're not envisioning any physical counterpart. There's other problems, but I will st I will stay with that. Uh, two is one, one is none. Yeah. <laughs> the and just to give you an idea of being so dependent on computers and the electrical grid, have you ever heard of the Carrington event? Carrington event, I have not. Please enlighten me. The Ca the Carrington event took place in the eighteen I think fifties. Mm -hmm. Mama Earth got hit with a blast from the sun electromagnetic radiation yeah. it was so powerful that the aurora borealis which is nor normally only seen up in the higher northern latitudes mm -hmm. could be seen down at the equator the only thing that people knew that you know really happened was at that time they had telegraphs mm -hmm. all the telegraphs got fried i mean they lit up mm -hmm. Well, if Earth gets hit with another any kind of Carrington event, okay, this isn't this this is total loss of computerization. They're going to get fried. This, it's it's not a matter of oh, I just have to get a new computer. No, the information's gone. The circuitry's gone. The information's gone. The history's gone. Mm. This can happen in our world. The other thing is, and of course, God forbid, we could have some other natural disaster and some or all of our electrical grid in the U.S. could be affected. Mm -hmm. Here's the downside. Here's just one of the downsides, other than you can't go to the grocery store and get some cold milk. The, there are big, massive transformers that help make this system work. Mm -hmm. Last I heard... We don't have a, we, the U.S., do not have these stockpiled, and they're made in Eastern Europe. Gee, what could go wrong? <laughs> so if so, if you if you if if you have a localized, statewide, regional electrical grid outage, mm -hmm. you're hammered. You're not. You you cannot. You cannot transact business. Yeah. But the biggest thing to me is, regardless of what solution anybody uh, provides mm -hmm. or supports, what problems are you solving? And if you're not discussing the problems that exist today, thinking they will go away if you do something different, mm -hmm. that doesn't really address them. That that's that's my that's my real issue with crypto. And as we go through this, there, I think there's other solutions that are. I'm not knocking the technology behind them, mm -hmm. but you know, we we need to understand the real function of money. We need to understand how it's created and extinguished. Most people don't know that money gets extinguished as it it goes out of existence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, then we can get to the real heart of what would be the best system. 
my deal is I want to deal with the problems so we can devise the best system for our country. Yeah, I understand that. So, yeah, so a lot of the things you address are definitely things that we should be uh, willing to consider given the fact that, you know, the flare situation, all the electrical aspects, you know, there's, there's, you, you never know what could happen. And so God forbid those type of things happen, but if they do, then what? And so the whole counterpart aspect of having something physical has always been my first and primary uh, method of wealth storage thus far. And of course, I'm looking forward to finding out more of what your research has brought to the forefront and so, once again, I have Alan Myers joining us. And so, as we get ready to wind down, we just touch Module 1, Module 2. I'll actually show you guys a page where you guys can go and get ahead of this study. And so, I consider this like uh, going back to school. Uh, we got an educator here. And so, if you go to fedead.us, you'll get a chance to just download this and go through the remainder of the three modules. And then we'll come back and dissect more and uh, uh, probably next week and get more of a little bit of insight as to what's going on. But... For those that are watching, any questions or any thoughts before we get ready to wind down, feel free to give us a call and we can uh, make. Oh, can we touch on can we touch on module three? It won't take long. OK, you have to touch on it. My, uh, just because I remembered the last time. Here's the quote from module three. It's incumbent on every generation to pay its own debts as it goes. A principle which, if acted on would save one half the wars of the world. Thomas Jefferson. Obviously with a national debt of over 22 trillion, nobody's paying their own way. But this one is examples of money from the past. And I divided them into groups. Animals, consumables, couture, and metals. Animals could be the animal, could be their fur, it could be their hide. Consumables included spices, tobacco, and of course, whiskey. Uh, couture, beads, blankets, clamshells. The natives uh, in this country, Native Americans, used clamshells. They called them wampum. Wampum was translated uh, as being white because the clamshells were white. Stone, silk, and of course, all the metals. The thing, the thing is, is that you go back to the Incas. The Incas had one heck of a civilization for 500 years, if not longer. And they did really, really well and built some incredible buildings which still stand. They just weren't up to the Spanish rifles and the diseases they brought. So that brought the Incas down. And the Incas had literally tons and tons of gold and silver. They felt, I, I believe because of the names they used for these two metals, they really held them in high esteem. They refer to gold as the sweat of the sun and silver as tears of the moon. Now, again, this is a very successful civilization. What did they use for money? Gold? Silver? Animals? No. They used cacao beans. Yeah, I remember you saying cacao beans in our last interview, and I'm like, cacao yeah. beans? Okay, I never heard of that yeah. one. <laughs> go, Cocoa. Go, go Cocoa. <laughs> and the thing is, is I grew up, and most people grew up having their parents, you know, yell at us. What do you think? Money grows on trees? Well, apparently, generally, no, unless you're an Inca. And then if you're an Inca, yeah, money grows on trees. What's the problem? 
because that's where cacao beans come from. The upshot is, is that money has been so many different things in so many different parts of the world at different times. The bottom line is it facilitated the indirect transaction. It got the job done. That's what mattered. Yeah, buddy. Interesting. The takeaway got the job done. And so cacao beans was relevant in that time frame. Nowadays, I don't think that'll fly. <laughs> and so you don't, yeah. We and yeah. so as as the ages advanced, metal working, metal smith, copper smith, all those the 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 tools aspects came into play. And then gold and silver became uh, uh, as well as copper and I'm assuming some other metals became the primary mediums of exchange. And so give us a little bit of the foundations of that and how that became prevalent and be, and dominated for thousands of years uh, up until 1800s, give or take, or 1963 with silver. Well, gold and silver have been preferred forms of money for so, ma- so long. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is long... You know, and it established itself long before we had computers. <laughs> and if you think about these metals, uh, there were times when bronze and copper and iron, uh, they probably weren't in the form of coins. They were actually just lumps of metal because they were going to be used to do something. But if you look at the list of characteristics, gold and silver, transportable, dividable, non-perishable, wanted, scarce, uh, would eventually be used as a unit of account and store of value. It's store of value because you could use it for money, you could use it for jewelry, you could use it for all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So it had many uses, which increased its uh, desirability. It actually had an ease of use. It was physical uh, as opposed to electronic. So gold and silver, probably in part because it hit all of these characteristics of what makes money, and in part because it had desirable uses for other things, essentially uh, the wealthy and jewelry and crowns and whatever else, it became the favored metal. And because it was limited in supply and those in power could control the supply, and then it became habit. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, for in that time frame, it worked. Yeah. We have a different time frame. Well, so we're going to get into what we're where we're currently at now, and then I'm looking forward to getting into the reserve creation aspect. And so we'll save that for our next go round. And so once again, it's great to go back to the basics and get a good understanding of what uh, has been history, what's current, and now we're going to get into what's future. And so with that being the case, we're going to get ready to dial back. This episode has been great having my guest, uh, return guest, rather, Mr. Alan Myers. So for those that are just tuning in or happen to catch us late, if you go to fed.us, you'll get a chance to download this particular module we're discussing here because I think this is something that you can share with people, share with family, friends, and they should be able to learn something regardless of their background, experience, or age or whatever because there's general knowledge in there and specific knowledge towards how we've arrived at this current point, and it only gets better with the module. So 
that being the case, Mr. Alan Myers, we're going to get ready to dial back. Anything you want to leave us with before we pick up again at, at a different time and uh, different place? Michael, thank you so much for allowing me to be on your program. This has been wonderful. Do, uh, do check out fedead.us. Mm -hmm. If you type it into your search engine, just type in fed, F-E-D, spacebar, ed.us, mm -hmm. and it, the website will come up. And I want to personally thank what I would call the website master who's helping me put this all together yeah. and it's relatively new but we keep adding content her mm -hmm. name's Jenny Z so I really appreciate all her help and mm -hmm. work and guidance and I look forward to the next time we're together Michael this has been so fun definitely definitely I look forward as well and so other than that everybody's been great hanging out if you've enjoyed this definitely don't be afraid to give it a thumbs up and more importantly share this information because this is just stuff that everyone needs to know you can never be too far advanced or too knowledgeable to not go back to the basics and get a good understanding of where we're at and where we're heading to and as always if you guys have any information on material go to the bottom click all the resources and if you want to take it to the next level Patreon uh, we love this, your support of the channel. Other than that, be blessed, be safe, and I'll see you guys later on tonight, 9.30 p.m. Crypto Blood is joining us. We're going to be talking about cryptos, and so I'll definitely bring this information up, and then we'll go from there. But other than that, see you tonight, 9.30 p.m. Tell a friend, and I'll see you then. Hey there. Sorry for this interruption, but I wanted to bring something to your attention. If you've been enjoying this live stream, why don't you partner with me and be a support to the channel via Patreon membership for just a minimum of $5 a month. All you have to do is scroll down beneath this video here, click the Patreon link, then consider donating as little as $5 a month toward the channel. A little bit of crumbs can go a long way, and I appreciate your support. Now, let's get back to this live stream.